Hello, this is Historically Thinking's Commonplace Book for July 11th, 2018. A shot of brisk, tingling mouthwash of the past to clear your mind and strengthen your mental health. The Battle of the Spurs was fought on this day in 1302 before the walls of Courtrai in modern Belgium. It seems appropriate, the day after France defeated Belgium in the World Cup, to recall the day a Flemish coalition defeated a vast French army. In May 1302, there had been an uprising across Flanders against French rule. Frenchmen were massacred in Bruges. Therefore, King Philip IV, the Fair of France, marched north, or marched an army north, to put an end to that kind of behavior. About 8,000 French troops, the best knights of the realm, met 9,500 city militia, citizens of the cities of Flanders, outside the walls of Courtois. The result was a disaster for the Kingdom of France. Historian Cathal Nolan describes it like this. Urban militia with eight-foot godendags and long-handled axes trapped, hooked, dehorsed, and slaughtered over 1,000 fathers and sons of the French nobility, pulled off their mounts with hooked pikes and halberds, or dismounted by horses gashed and screaming and bucking beneath them, knights turtled in constricting armor on the ground and were jerked or spiked, where their armor lapsed, under the arm, into the groin, or through a visor, or they were hacked apart with two-handed axes. This axe slaughter of knights and their expensive trained warhorses is known to history by the gentle romantic name Battle of the Golden Spurs, after the dead horsemen's accoutrements that Flemings rinsed off and hung in their town church. The battle became a symbol of Flemish and eventually Belgian independence. It was also a premonition of armies composed solely of infantry, defeating men on horseback, of free citizens of cities, defeating aristocrats and nobles. The chronicler who wrote the Annals of Ghent concluded, And so, by the disposition of God who orders all things, the art of war, the flower of knighthood, with horses and chargers of the finest, fell before weavers, fullers, and the common folk and foot soldiers of Flanders. The beauty and strength of that great army was turned into a dung pit, and the glory of the French made dung and worms. Also this day in 1905, W.E. Du Bois finally organized a counter-movement to the program of Booker T. Washington and Tuskegee, brought together 29 men and one teenage boy to the Erie Beach Hotel on this day in Fort Erie, Ontario, on the Canadian side of Niagara Falls. Niagara would become a precursor of the NAACP, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. After what Du Bois's great biographer David Levering Lewis describes as three days of roast beef dinners, they finally came together with a set of resolutions opposing Washington's program of conciliation against white supremacy. They concluded, the Negro race in America is stolen, ravished and degraded, struggling up through difficulties and oppression, needs sympathy and receives criticism, needs help and is given hindrance, needs protection and is given mob violence, needs justice and is given charity, needs leadership and is given cowardice and apology, needs bread and is given a stone. This nation will never stand justified before God until these things are changed. It's the birthday of several 
interesting and important rebels and creators of great institutions. One of them, born in 1274, was Robert Bruce, first king of an independent Scotland, freed Scotland from English dominion at the Battle of Bannockburn, a replay of the Golden Spurs, went on to die in 1329, had his heart taken to Jerusalem by his good friend Douglas. In 1767, John Quincy Adams, sixth president of the United States, the first duo of fathers and sons to become president of the United States, was born. He was not only a president, but perhaps more importantly, a master diplomat, a professor of rhetoric at Harvard, a trial attorney, and a congressman who died in Congress opposing what he christened the slave power with his last breaths. And it's the birthday of John Wanamaker in 1838, founder of one of the first American department stores. Striving to create a fair play store where people wouldn't be cheated, he created a temple of commerce, complete with an organ, which remains shining in the memories of many Philadelphians long after its demise. And that's the Commonplace book for July 11th, 2018. If you like what you heard, please rate us on Apple iTunes so that other people can find us. I'm Al Zambone, right in the corner where you are.